The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Is there a sufficient uptake of COVID boosters? Should we be concerned about the new so-called Kraken variant? Are infection rates dropping in our hospitals? And has the winter flu wave finally abated? Much to discuss with Eileen Whelan, the HSE's national lead for the COVID vaccination programme. Eileen, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Now, first of all, let's talk about flu. Uh, Is the flu season pretty much over? So we've seen a sharp downturn in relation to the prevalence of um, influenza A and we've also seen a downturn in relation to the hospitalizations from COVID-19. So we would never say that the flu season is over because there is also risk of influenza B presenting later in the year. Um, So we still need to continue to take the normal precautions Mm -hmm. in relation to a winter flu season. Now, when you talk about influenza A and B, what's the difference? Um, so that's just different strains of the virus, but in relation to the, the, the specifics, the um, vaccination that, that we have will protect us against uh, influenza A and will give us some protection in relation to other strains of the virus also. Okay. Uh, is it normal that you get two waves of flu? Um, it can vary, yeah. It, it does happen in some winters. Um, but really you would need to talk to our public health doctors in relation to the various different trends on different mm. years. Our wave of flu came early this year and uh, you know, we had anticipated an early wave because that's what happened in the southern hemisphere, um, but it varies year on year. Okay, a bit like our weather, just because we've had a cold snap and it's uh, maybe milder, doesn't mean we're not going to have another cold snap. Uh, uh, it, the, these viruses can revive themselves. Now, you said also that uh, admission rates to hospitals for COVID have fallen. Yeah, so during the peak of COVID-19, we would have had up to 1,600 people in our hospitals. And um, at present, we're down to about 235 people admitted to hospital with COVID-19. Sorry, 218, actually. So that's good news for us. Um, You know, we're also seeing less people admitted to intensive care and less people requiring ventilation than we did at the peak of the uh, season, at the peak of the um, pandemic. But if there's a perception out there that this is uh, just a kind of a a sniffle and a sore throat or whatever, uh, 218 people are still hospitalised for it. Now, are those people of a particular age, a particular vulnerability, uh, people with underlying conditions? What can you tell us about the breakdown? Or are they people who have not been vaccinated sufficiently? So so it's a combination. We know that those who are most vulnerable in relation to COVID-19 are those who are of an older age group and people who have underlying medical conditions. So at the minute, uh, there's 88% of the people who are hospitalised are over 50, and then just 8% are between 19 and 49. So the majority are, um, the, the majority of people in hospital, it's people over 50 and that can be broken down into those between 65 and 79 and those over 80 39% of people in hospital are over the age of 80 Mm. Uh, but still it means of the cohort that uh, you mentioned if you do the sums it means about 20 people are quite young and hospitalized for covid yeah um so uh, regardless of your age 
anybody can be at risk of getting COVID. We see higher risk in the older age groups, but I suppose the key message is vaccination has had a huge impact in relation to reducing the overall prevalence and incidence of COVID-19. It has had a significant impact in relation to the numbers of people admitted to hospital that require critical care. And it has also, as we can now see, having a very positive impact Mm. on reducing overall hospitalizations. But a key message is that regardless of your age, it is important that we keep up to date with our booster vaccinations because there's always risk of a new variant and there's always risk of a surge. And we can see through the history of the pandemic that in uh, 2020, we had three significant waves of COVID-19. As we went into 2021, when we had access to vaccines, we only experienced two waves. And last year, we had one wave. So the vaccinations are definitely having a positive impact. They're helping people in relation to maintaining health and well-being. And I suppose at this time of the year and every January, everybody's focused on good health and well-being and quite often focused on diet and good lifestyle and exercise. But vaccination is one of the key components in relation to Mm. maintaining our own well-being. Now, you have said that we require 75 percent vaccination coverage to provide uh, sufficient public health protection. That's the sort of... So at least, at least 75%. It's kind of the crowd immunity we we keep talking about. If people don't get infected or don't get infected badly uh, to the point that they're spreading it themselves, obviously the numbers start to fall and fall uh, quite dramatically. So where are we in terms of the quest for 75% plus? So um, to date, we have done well in relation to um, the public's commitment to taking up their primary vaccinations, but all of that happened back in 2021. And also we've done really well, 77% of the general population got their first booster. But again, first boosters uh, were administered in early, uh, late 2021 and, and early 2022. So now the focus is on everybody who is eligible getting their second booster. And every adult over the age of 18 is eligible for a second booster. And the majority of people have been eligible since August. But overall, the uptake of second booster is not anywhere where we need it to be. 32% of people have got their second booster. And as we talked previously just about the different cohorts, uptake of the second booster has been good by people over 65 but for the younger age groups and for healthcare workers the uptake has been disappointing and is a potential risk with new variants um, emerging. How, how many people have actually got five shots uh, the, the extra booster for those who are eligible? Okay so um, the people who would have five shots would be as, as you describe it would be Uh, the people who are at higher risk and were approved for a third booster. So that's people over 65, people who are immunocompromised and people living in long-term care settings. And there is roughly um, about uh, 350,000 people uh, that will have got their third booster. So it's, it's only a small group that are approved for their third booster and the uptake in that group is 40%. So it's, it's higher for people Uh, who are highly vulnerable. There's a new group that have been recommended for a third booster, and that's people who are 18 to 64 that have underlying medical conditions and who, when they would have received their first booster, may have got the original vaccine. So if they received their, sorry, their second booster and received the original vaccine, they are now approved Mm. for a bivalent vaccine. And that's to give them broader protection. When you look at uh, the the least good performance, it would be in the 18 to 49s. Um, I was reading there that only 
3% have taken up the second booster. So in the 18 to 49s, it's 6, 6% in total because just, uh, you know, d- day on day it's changing. But 6% is still a really, really low uptake. It constitutes 88,000 people out of a population of close to 1.5 million, 1.48 million people. So it is very low in that age group. And we're continually encouraging people in that age group to come forward. Mm. Um, it means 19 out of every 20 young people that you meet who are in the uh, 18 to 49, and not just young people, obviously, 49, married people with families and so on, with school-going kids, um, uh, only one in 20 of those has had their second booster. And then they wonder why their kids are getting sick. Yeah, and and that's disappointing that there's such a low uptake in that age group. We recognise that age group have less risk, but as highlighted at the start, people of all age groups are at risk of hospitalisation and of becoming very ill. So I would continue to encourage people in that age group to come forward for their vaccine. And it's important because they're such a large part of the overall population. So they Mm. constitute a very high percentage of the overall population. So if, for example, a variant comes along that uh, by virtue of uh, what has happened to it uh, from the basic uh, virus that it was, uh, targets young people, it'll go through them like a bushfire. Yes, and even if we have um, a, new, a new variant, which uh, at the minute in the US, XBB and XBB 1.5 is the dominant variant in the US, you know, with travel and with all of the movement currently happening in internationally, the risk that that variant will hit us is, is out there. And of course, at a time, you know, when you have... Um, more travel, more indoor activity, less frequent use of mask wearing, uh, a highly transmissible virus, which XBB 1.5 is highly transmissible. And that combined with lower uptake of bivalent vaccines, it puts us at risk of another surge. So it's really important that with all the travel, with the risk of XBB 1.5 hitting Ireland, that all age groups continue to commit to uptaking their booster vaccination when they're eligible. Now, uh, as I mentioned, everybody from 18 onwards is now eligible for the Yeah, booster. for the second booster. Uh, is it always free? It's free and it's very accessible. So next week there's 265 clinics running across the whole country. There's clinics in every single county and really accessing your vaccine couldn't be easier. And there's very little wait the vaccine centres are, you know, moving people through quite quickly. It's not like in the summer of 2021 when young people had to mm. queue and they will be able to be flexible and work around their working hours. Yeah. So it is quite important. Now, one of the arguments that's been offered by some of our listeners about why the numbers aren't better than they are, uh, a huge number of people got COVID in December and therefore cannot get any booster for four months. In other words, they may have uh, missed the window. Although, as I I remember uh, before Christmas we were asking why wasn't the booster available to anyone who wanted it and you told us that NIAC had uh, said not yet. Now eventually NIAC changed their minds but after the damage was done but that's maybe a a question for NIAC to answer. Um, Another one, no one is going for the second booster because so many people had COVID in the last couple of months. That's from L. Uh, Another one says there's still a lot of anti-vax material online. Could this be a reason for the lack of uptake among young people? What do you think, Eileen? 
Um, I suppose there's many reasons out there, you know, that result in vaccine hesitancy. And some studies have been carried out recently. Um, the Lancet have just recently published their study um, in relation to healthcare workers in the UK and have identified some reasons in relation to vaccine hesitancy. So, yes, um, in comparison to in the early stages of the pandemic, people now perceive there's a low risk from COVID. So people who, as you have, have identified, have tested positive recently. However, um, you will build immunity if you've previously had the uh, had tested positive for COVID, but potentially because you had the vaccine before you got COVID, it will have meant the severity of your illness yeah. was less. So we consistently in- encourage people to get the vaccine. Uh, can you reiterate to people the need to be wary still when it comes to COVID? I'm isolating now after testing positive on Monday. I have been very sick with this despite being double boosted. So it has not uh, gone away. Another text, I'm 62. I'd like to have the third booster, but a text message I got from the HSE tells me I must have a long-term medical condition to get at the moment if there's not an uptake why not give it to those who want it like that 62 year old what do you think Eileen so the 62 year old has a long-term medical condition um, and they no, previously what, had a booster that's what they they must have that's what you're saying he doesn't say he has a, a long-term medical condition he said I'd like to have the third booster uh, obviously because a certain amount of time has elapsed since the second the, you know the early okay. adopters who took the opportunity uh, to uh, get their boosters uh, you'd imagine that the effectiveness of those boosters might be waning there's a third one on on the the the, the shelf now that's okay. available which is bivalent and this 62 year old is thinking I'd love to have the bivalent one to give me all the protections but I'm told I have to have a long-term medical condition to qualify. Um, I suppose that that's NIA consistently assess the risk against the benefit. And I think that was back to the point pre-Christmas, you know, when you were asking, could the 18 to 64-year-olds have their vaccine? So NIA consistently assess in relation to what's happening out there in the environment and then assess the risk against benefit. So that's something that NIAC may consider in the future. Uh, it's not approved at the minute and we just take our advice mm. from NIAC and then, you know, make sure that we can yeah. operate. As I said, they the tend to be a days. bit sluggish in their responses. Uh, the Christmas situation, obviously, where we had those surges over the Christmas holidays, uh, which might have been avoided if uh, uh, action had been taken by NIAC earlier. But perhaps, you know, they didn't I'm, anticipate I'm that, conscious yeah, that the, they, they weigh up a lot of factors and, um, you know, they give due consideration. Yeah. To but but you can see why I'd be so perturbed about this, because we were talking to you about it and why a lot of people wanted to get the booster before Christmas. Uh, Nayak said, no, hang on a sec. Then we had a huge surge and we had all the, the, the problems in hospitals over Christmas with people with COVID uh, turning up there. And uh, then Nayak say, OK, everyone between 18 and 49. I'm sorry, Nayak, that's just too slow. Um, so, look, I suppose, you know, time, timing is everything, and we made sure that the vaccine was readily available as soon as the advice was out there. So we will continue to do that, and we will continue to make sure everybody has the yeah. earliest so, But you're, you're at the mercy of NIAC, basically. This is a, the, the reality. Well, you know, NIAC is a group that has been in place for uh, many, many months, and to date they have provided us with expert advice throughout the pandemic. Yeah, but they got it wrong several times. um, Do you know what I mean? And maybe I'm expecting them to be prescient, but that, after all, is their job. We're not the expert group in this studio. Um, They are, uh, and it seems they're just 
a little bit too sluggish. Maybe they don't eat meat often enough. Maybe they don't get their data uh, up to date quickly enough. I don't know, but th- it does seem they're a bit sluggish. Yeah. Uh, um, so I suppose what's interesting this year is that there have been many decisions that have come out. So I'm conscious that they're constantly assessing what's happening in the environment and constantly approving new groups. So, you know, that should give us reassurance that they're not readily deciding to approve every group and that they're giving due consideration and they're assessing yeah. the risks versus the benefits. And I think that's a very positive yeah. uh, a, thing. A, a, All a clarification. have worked extremely hard during yeah. COVID and, you know, they're not doubting that, that full-time but, uh, jobs yeah. and their advice is really important yeah. in relation yeah. to and, and their reassurance that they're making the right decisions at the okay. right time. Uh, clarifications needed by some listeners. Is it six months to wait or four months to wait uh, post-COVID uh, infection uh, to wait for your booster? Has it changed? Another one, I had COVID last September. Recent advice was post-COVID, wait six months. Received a notification from the HSE the other day for booster overdue, indicating post-COVID waiting time is now four months. That's from Liam. So is it four okay. or is it six? So the standard waiting time has been four months post an infection or four months Uh, post a previous booster but for people who are in the 18 to 49 age group it's six months so Uh. they're they're allowing a longer interval for that group but there's three groups of people in the 18 to 49 age group who are still at four months and they include healthcare workers who are within that age group Mm. it includes people who are living in long-term care settings and it includes people with underlying medical conditions and those three groups present higher risk than an 18 to 49 year old who is not a healthcare worker, doesn't have underlying conditions and isn't okay. in a long term care setting. So there's a longer interval. There's a huge amount of confusion uh, coming into us on our text screen about this four or six months. And what you're saying is if you're sound and wind and limb and you're between 18 and 49, it's six months. It's six months. If you're a healthcare worker or you have an underlying condition or whatever, it's four months. It's it four months. might be and better to standardise it at the shorter period just for clarity. Might be better. Yeah, I think, again, you know, that's where the advice comes in in relation to risk versus benefit. And the 18 to 49-year-olds that have no underlying medical conditions aren't a healthcare worker and aren't in long-term care settings are considered lower at risk. And, again, NIAC will have made that decision of the six months mm-hmm. versus four months. So uh, another texter, Avril, wants to know when 60 to 64-year-olds can get that third booster. I'm 64. I visit my mother in her nursing home every day, but it's last June since I've had my last shot. So obviously Avril is concerned uh, that she might catch COVID, not catch it particularly badly, but bring it into the nursing home. So I suppose the second boosters, um, as that lady has identified, have been available since the 15th of August. So yes, some people will now be coming to six months post their second booster. So it, but it's, it is, again, it's the age cord, you know, not being 65. Cohort, yeah. uh, she, can, she got to wait for a year till she's, or, uh, yeah, she's 64. She'd have to wait for a year to qualify for the third booster, unless yes. NIAC decide otherwise. So I suppose that it, it is likely that there will be further approvals uh, for people mm. within the, that, that age group, given that it is six months since their last booster. All right. Eileen, thank you very much for joining us on the line. That's Eileen Whelan, National Lead of the COVID Vaccination Programme. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.